We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Friday Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. This is Clay Link doing his best Todd Zola impersonation. And those of you that can actually see us know that I'm just kidding. This is Todd. Clay is off today. But don't worry. We got Eric Halterman to replace him and to take up the two-star pitching rankings. Uh, Eric and I uh, co-host the Saturday MLB XM show. We heard Eric a little bit on SiriusXM filling in for vacation. So we're glad to have him on. Is this your first time, Eric, on this podcast? I don't remember. This I have a I have not done the Friday one with you. Right, I've been okay. on with Jeff about once a year, uh, but it's good to know my brief. I, you are <laughs> Clay today. I am Todd. I have yes. Sure I've had that straight. I was going to get ready to be Clay, but I will change my yeah. mindset and now think like you the rest of the show. Yeah. Dye your hair gray, cut it short, um, get rid of that mustache and beard thing. Anyway, we can, we can, we have no New York Yankee rules here. You're allowed facial hair on this podcast. We're going to keep the form. Yeah, we're going to keep the format the same. We're going to talk a little bit about some news. We'll talk about Eric is in the stake league, so he can share the picks, the the picks that that, that Clay usually uh, provides for us to get a little bit of a head start for your weekend. Keeping mind the stake league runs Friday to Thursday, so it's a nice little harbinger of what you might see over the weekend. We're going to continue to talk about Rival Fantasy, uh, one of our sponsors. We're going to be making some picks for Rival. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll probably, yeah, you know what, we will. Let's do the two-start pitching, Eric. Let's uh, let's keep the tradition going, and we'll we'll rank our two-start pitchers for next week. Saves uh, you from having to come up with a new headline for today's show. Yeah, exactly. I think there's actually tens of people out there that, that no, there's more than that. Uh, it's, it's, I, they, they tell me it's pretty popular. So who am I, to, who am I not to believe them? All right, so let's let's begin with a little bit of news. Uh, we are a news site, after all, right? And uh, Cedric Mullins Jr. coming back today to the Baltimore Orioles, and I was hoping. Well, I wasn't hoping. You know, I, I was wondering who the drop was because that may help under, may help us understand the playing time. But it's Ryan McKenna, so that's that doesn't help you answer the, this question. And that is. How does the playing time shuffle out with, with Mullins' return? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it might help a little bit. Ryan McKenna was playing some center field last week. Uh, since then, Jorge Mateo was spending some time there. They had Colton Kowser and Austin Hayes got a game. Uh, so if we just put Mullen back in along with Santander and Hayes starting most of the games in left, that would seem like the default. Um, got to find room for Ryan O'Hearn, though, which is not a sentence that we expected to be saying. Not at this uh, point. Well, he's playing first, and then Mount Castle's DHing, right? And so uh, I guess that 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 is everybody. I've been looking at the uh, recent Kowser. lineups. There's a lot of Adley Rutschman at DH, but I guess they just stopped doing that, and then they slide everybody in. Yeah, well, that's that's I, I am a little interested in that because he is Rutschman has played nearly every day, and somebody because that's what Twitter is for is to call back tweets from March that someone made you know and they want to come back and say you were wrong if there wasn't for twitter how can somebody do that i i didn't i did not i mean all right we we talked about rutschman a lot we thought he'd play a lot i thought he'd get more time off right and injuries part of it to james pecan uh but a lot of injuries have cleared up more playing time for rutschman at designated hitter those that are rutschman fans are going to say well that was the plan you didn't know kyle stowers was going to stink you right maybe in in April and May, Stowers was going to be the DH, but he stunk, so he isn't. We didn't know that the you know Hayes would get hurt, and uh, the you know O'Hearn well O'Hearn steps in, but we and Malcastle got hurt. We didn't know that there would be this much DH time. I'm wondering if down the stretch, now that Mullins is back, maybe Rutschman doesn't get quite as much playing time. We'll see. Have to. Is yeah, it gonna... that's definitely possible. I mean, you look at his youth, you could take his youth in one of two directions. You could say, well, they should maybe ease him in. Maybe he's not ready to go with a super heavy workload as a catcher and as, you know, just somebody who's had one or most of one big league season under his belt prior to this season. But you could also look at his youth and say he can handle anything, that these are going to be his highest plate appearance seasons. And it seems like the Orioles clearly picked that direction. I suppose that probably also bodes well for next year. Uh, if they're showing that they're going to give him all the DH time that's available this season, I would certainly think heading into next year, even though it was reasonable to wonder uh, whether or not they might be careful with him, I think I think that question has been answered at this point. Well, he's caught 80 games, caught about 75% of the time, and he get, get some other – I think about 85% playing time, and he's higher than that. So it looks like the Orioles will have a playoff spot. One thing we can say about Rutschman, I'm not sure this is a – you know, a bad thing is that he's actually, he stayed the same skills wise as last year. If we expected an, you know, that's not, you know, is that a good or bad thing or is it just indifferent? Some will say it's a bad thing because he hasn't improved. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm just going to say, he, I think he'll just point out that he, he stayed the same. And I do think the Orioles will want to keep him fresh for the playoffs. And I think they're in the playoffs. So yeah. I think we may see, a similar amount of games caught, but fewer designated hitter. Or maybe the same amount of designated hitter in fewer games caught. Maybe that's the better way to think about it. Right, to ease his legs and make sure he's ready yeah. to catch basically every game in the postseason. He did yeah. change, I think, in one way. He is making more contact this season. He struck out 18.3% of the time last year. It's down to 14.9% this year. Uh, so that's one area where he's made a small improvement that I think right. counts counts as him having done something this year. Is that improvement or variance? Overall, you know, we don't true. know if that's improvement or variance yet. Um, a so, modest improvement is what I would say, but I, you can 
you could take but, the variance yeah. angle as well. When you go 32 to 28 percentage wise, you know, 18 to 14 is better because right. you, had, you know, there's, there's less of a, a, a area to, to, to fall. So percentage wise, that 4% of those four points is a bigger percentage drop than it would be from 26 to 30 or 30 to 26. So they think that's interesting. Um, Austin Hayes hasn't played very well. Neither is Colton Kowser. So I'm still interested to see how the left field flushes out. Um, I think that's the area to keep an eye on because now with with Mullins back, that's that's kind of the platoon because we did mention DHing with with Mountcastle. Santander is a better DH, but he has to play some right field now. He hasn't been at, actually terrible in the outfield. Um, has been great, but he's 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 done it. He's done the job. So that's that's what I'm keeping an eye on because I have a lot of Austin Hayes. So I want to see if uh, if Kowser. I, I was wondering if Kowser would be the one sent down. And he was Yeah, interesting that they didn't send him down, which means they view him as having a role, at least as a part-timer, yeah. I guess. I mean, he yeah. gave you every reason to send him down if you wanted to. He's hitting 117, uh, slugging 150. So that would have been an yeah. easy move. That's what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. And there's still time. Um, Alec Manoa didn't look great, struggled with his control. He's had a he's, – he's flashed signs of mediocrity since his return. Are you holding him? Are you just dropping him? Did you never have him in the first place? So this is moot. Where where are you with Manoa? Yeah, I was lucky enough to have been low on Manoa in draft <laughs> season, so I haven't had to deal with this question anywhere. But I was, you know, low on him by two rounds, not yeah. by an entire league. I mean, he's no longer a major league pitcher. I, I did not say that he was a triple A quality pitcher. Uh, so I haven't had to deal with that. And given with the depths of his struggles early on. I think we were going to need to see more than just flashes when he came back for me to have much confidence. When he had that first start back, that was a flash. It was eight strikeouts, zero walks, just one run in six innings against the Tigers. That's an excellent start. But I wanted to see two, and we never even saw really a second very good start. I guess his second best start in this run of six uh, saw him give up three runs in six and two-thirds against the Red Sox, five strikeouts. So that's a pretty good start. That's a quality start. But we're talking one gem, one quality start, and three or four particularly bad ones. Uh, nowhere close to good enough to keep me interested in him. Yeah, And, you know, he's it's pitching his way out of having a chance to make him interesting to me next year. I mean, his price would have to fall to a ridiculous extent for me to buy back in at this point. I, I am prepared to miss out on the Alec Manoa renaissance, I think, is how I'm going to be positioned heading into next year. Yeah, Um I have him in a couple of keeper scenarios and it's going to be a long winter deciding what to do. Yeah. I mean, what would you have to see to want him? How many starts that are, how decent do you need? I, I don't, I don't know. In one league, it'll cost me like money, but it's only right. like $18. And if $18 breaks you, everybody has, you know, you shouldn't be in the league. So <laughs> I may have to buy him out of a long-term contract, but you know, it's, it's more, you know, for me, it's not, Eighteen dollars. It's it's. Am I handicapping myself by freezing him? You know, at, at, in my as a keeper. So we'll have right. to just make that decision. Um, yeah, I'm with you. And I actually picked him up in a couple of places because he was dropped. What if? And um, I to me, he's he's a drop. Yeah, you know, I think I, he was a fine what if. I mean, given his past pedigree, yeah, he's a drop. That pedigree, sure, pick him up. But yeah, I'm back off firmly. If at this I. Point. 
any other co-host, I probably wouldn't be asking this, but I, I know you follow the Phillies a little bit. So is Trey Turner rescuing his season? He's showing signs. Yeah, and the fans are nice to him now. Uh, they, it was really actually quite a, quite a fun story of the entire crowd just giving him a standing ovation as the response to his struggles rather than booing. I think uh, I think the Philadelphia fan reputation should actually more be that they're very intense, which when you get teams that are very bad and fans that are very intense, you get a lot of booing. But I think the actual thing is intensity more than pure negativity, as we're seeing at times like this. But Maybe, maybe I'm an outlier. Uh, the thing to look at with Turner is how often is he chasing? Uh, because that's been the case throughout the year. His season has gone poorly in exactly the way you'd expect for it to go poorly. Uh, early in the season, he was chasing a ton. Uh, and he was hitting worse than he ever had before. He looked like he was getting back. He was like getting back to his normal chase levels. Uh, in June, and his performance was improving. Then he started chasing a ton again. Uh, it looks like just in the past 15, 20 games or so, that chase rate has come down. And so I think there's enough there for me to be a little bit optimistic. And again, it's just such a... We don't often get players where it's the one variable is very clear. And with him, it's it's exactly that thing. Players in their first year after signing a new deal, they want to impress. they press themselves they they swing at pitches they probably know they shouldn't because they're envisioning themselves hitting a walk-off homer not envisioning themselves getting a walk and earning the adoration of all their new fans he did exactly that and it had exactly the expected result so once we see him stop doing that i think he's still trey turner and there's a few hints of that so if you're maybe looking to buy someone maybe you're looking to buy the deadline and he's being treated as you know, not even a top three round pick in fantasy anymore. If, if somebody's really selling quite low on him, there's just enough signs with that chase rate creeping back down that I think I would endorse that. Yeah. Um, when you got Bryce Harper, JT Romito, stop me when, I, when I'm not talking about a good player. Nick right. Castellanos, uh, even Alec Bohm, you didn't have to be the man. So right. it's easy for me to say, I didn't just sign this monsters contract and and have to live up to it but you know the narrative being he doesn't have to be the man you think he relax but it's it just it's we're human beings it's not working out that way you said not top three round player i was going to pose a question uh let's say let's say he falls out of next year's first round are you interested as a bat do you need to see the next couple months are you i mean i'm not i, I can't be totally out I had him the number one player this year, and and that's you know I'm looking silly because of Ronald Acuna, but no one knew Acuna was going to stay this healthy, run this much, and uh, wow. So I may be the guy that's taking Trey Turner at the wheel next year. Yeah, it's going to be a tough call. I can't see myself doing it just because usually I wasn't the person taking Turner. First overall, I, if I have a very, very early first round pick, I wanted that huge bat and Turner was the outlier in that top tier and that he's a good bat with a ton of speed. Uh, well, even if we buy him getting back to a good bat, then you also need to get him to get back to having a ton of speed uh, to justify that pick. Maybe at the back of the first round, you don't need a ton, a ton of speed, but only 22 steals this season. He's going to finish with right about 30. That is 
fine. That's right in line with what he's had in previous two years, 32 and 27. But with everybody stealing more, you know, you would have liked to think that he'd get up to 40 with his speed. So next year, you're going to talk about a guy coming off a down season, not just at the plate, but also, relatively speaking, a down season on the base pass, who's now going to be 31. I think each season, you project a downturn in speed. If you were only confident in projecting like, 25 steals for Turner next year. I don't know if you'd consider him in that turn. So I think you need to think that there's a pretty good chance he's, you know, got a shot at getting back among the league leaders uh, to be interested just because the bat was never a top tier bat. It was top tier, top tier outcomes, but not top tier stat cast. True. But with the Which playing was, time, right, too. Leading right. Off exactly. He was, acu- was accumulating. Yeah. And, yes. and when he is hitting lower in the order. For the Phillies, I think you know to get the pressure off, etc. Whether whether Turner jumps back up again, so yeah, a lot to think about. And I'm in a draft with Derek Van Riper that actually begins the last season, the last weekend of the season. I I think there's going to be some Turner chicken going on. Very uh, curious yeah. to see where 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 Trey Turner's definitely taking one of the in most interesting draft. names to yeah. watch in the early draft. Yeah, I, it's maybe because I was just so high on him uh, to begin with. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, did you catch any of his, uh, any of his start last night? I did not see it, but it did go well enough to make us happy enough that it's Clayton Kershaw. Is yeah. that, is that where we're standing there? I mean, you couldn't yeah. ask for a ton more. I give up a run, but home run. yeah. Beginning. Was it to Montero? Yeah, no, yeah, I gave it the home run is his, um, innings will be monitored a bit. But yeah, no, I don't think you know. It, it, yes, it was uh, it was what we expected from a guy who was on a pace to Cy Young start the All Star game. We'll have to see what what manifests the rest of the season. But Kershaw is back. We uh, Chris Sale will be back today. The key hmm? in that one, sixty seven pitches for Kershaw was the key. So yeah, he's, yeah. he's at least two starts away from being fully unleashed, probably. But that's not right. being very monitored. And keep in mind, this was essentially his rehab start. He didn't have a rehab. Right. He threw some bullpens. I don't need no stinking rehab, as I wrote in the notes for the pitching rankings this week. Chris Sale, you know, you know, he's back. The thing that we'll we'll talk, we'll mention is uh they're talking about four innings. I think that's probably like a 60 pitch count, and that's yeah, it just comes out to four innings. If he's able to uh navigate the Tigers in 10 or 12 pitches an inning, maybe he goes five. If he has a bad inning, maybe it's three. Uh, but Alex Cora said uh, 60 innings. So, uh, uh, 60 pit, well, four innings. We'll see how that. I, I doubt he'll throw 60 innings tonight, but I would love to see it. That would be a record. Yeah. That's even more than Nathan Eovaldi did during the playoffs yeah. that year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he was at 58. Yeah. Um, a former Red Sox pitcher this year, Zach Littell. Man, all right, we can we, we can have a whole show on the injury risk of of Tampa pitchers. We could also have one on: Are we interested in Tampa pitchers when they're healthy? Zach Littell, is, what what is the magic? What is what is the what is the pixie dust? What's going on? It's got to be control, right? Because he is just not walking batters uh, since he's joined the Rays. He has a one point eight percent walk yeah. rate yeah. in thirty eight and two thirds. Uh, but he has to do that because he hasn't really done anything else. Slightly <laughs> below average strikeout rate, slightly above average ground ball rate, but both of those are not very notable. I guess statistically, somebody like a, a Zach Eflin is ends up kind of like that on the Rays as somebody who 
isn't a strength or a weakness necessarily in missing bats or keeping the ball on the ground, but has good control. So there's another guy with the same first name on that same roster who's made that statistical profile work. Uh, yeah. Count me skeptical for Littell having been a reliever his entire big league career. I don't know if I'm all that excited about it, especially when it comes in a not particularly appealing package for fantasy. If you're going to have a guy have one standout scale, you'd like it to be strikeouts because you get credit for those. You don't generally have a walk rate category, but there's at least something there in that he has that very good control. If you want to point to some reason why this is working for him, at least there's one reason and that's enough to keep him interesting. I think in deeper leagues. Yeah. Streamer. I think he's a streamer. Yeah. I, I use him in my 10 team ESPN league and, and, and have since dropped him, but I think he's in the streaming bucket at, at this point. Uh, this is when Clay, Clay Link, usually reads off the stake league pickups. I'm not in the stake league. Uh, you are. So we're going to ask you to, you've had your fair share of hosting uh, experience. So we're going to ask you to take over for a bit and run through the moves. And I will add my pithiness as I normally do with Clay. So this is the, this is the stake league from uh, new listeners where, uh, half of the league uh, does not pay for dinner. The other half of the league does pay for dinner. And this is not your standard, let's go to in and out for lunch scenario. Um, those that are eating, eat. Uh, there's a famous story of, of Chris Liss. Um, the, what do you want for dessert? Uh, a lobster. Yeah. So that, that was the football league. But these are the. This is what goes on. So uh, it's kind of like a fifty-fifty. There's regular prizes, etc. But I'm always. Uh, I don't want to use the word amazed, impressed by the number of players Clay talks about being picked up in a league, and that's just people just don't want to pay the bill. Yeah, I will say it's a really good wrinkle. Uh, I think oh, it's a I love thing it. in many fantasy leagues. How do you get the people who are not doing that well in the first half to still care? Well, you make it so that. Finishing ninth out of 16 matters a lot. So basically everybody, unless you're maybe way down 15th or 16th. So, so uh, read, read them off like three or four at a time. And if there's anybody that I feel needs to be embellished, I will. Yeah. So the money at this stage is not going to be very big. Uh, this is a hundred dollar budget. There are $0 bids allowed. So that means people have been really burning down their budget because you're never going to be stuck not being able to make any moves. So the only guy who went for more than $3 in last night's bidding was Walker Bueller uh, went for six and he went for six uncontested, which is interesting. Uh, I guess of all the guys to be there, you would think that if you think somebody else wants Walker Bueller, you're going to have to outbid them. Uh, but would you be stashing Walker Bueller for meaningful money or not yet? Well, it would depend upon, you know, if I have a lot of, a lot of fab, sure, but I'm not optimistic that he's going to be a fantasy difference maker um walker bueller i don't think he's going to start or if he does not enough games i think the dodgers want to get him ready for the playoffs maybe even in a relief role tell me he's going to be a two or three inning reliever and maybe i'm interested but i you know i, I wouldn't i would i would have not contested that bid yeah tell tell me that or tell me where he's way ahead of schedule he's gonna start uh, six gonna games in september but not i don't happen. think that's gonna happen uh, I understand being interested, though, if you're in the bottom half and want a talent. The innings yeah. he gives you probably will be good, just you might not get more than like six. 
Uh, so we have two $3 pitchers. One of them we just talked about, Zach Patel, and the other guy, Cole Raggins. Uh, would you be interested in either guy for a similarly modest output? I can tell you that Littell had one competing bid for $0, whereas Raggins was the more popular in our league. There were six different people went in on him. Yeah, this there's a reserve, so one can stream in this league, and it's fairly deep. I think 16 or eight, is it 18 teams? 16 this year. 16, okay. Um, yeah, I am interested in both for streamers at this point. Uh, Cole Raggins was mentioned by Nick Pollock on a recent tow table is someone to keep an eye on replacing Ryan Yarbrough. When Nick talk, I listen, when Nick talks, I listen. And we've already talked about Latell. I do like them both as streamers and three seems three seems to be, you know what? Um, I'm not going to bid one. Someone's going to bid two. So I'll bid three. I, I, I like that. If I have the fab, I see it. Yeah, this stage of the year, 3% of your bid is a guy you actually want. I would agree. Uh, Raggins, he has walked over 10% of the batters he's faced this season in 42 innings, uh, most of them as a reliever. So that's something to watch. But he's got an above-average strikeout rate, keeping the ball on the ground fine. And just in his last two starts, I think is where really his appeal is coming from. Uh, 19 strikeouts against two walks in 12 and two-thirds inning just one earned run given up across those two. So if you're looking for somebody who's breaking out, it's a good park too as well. I think it's easy to be interested in a Royals pitcher, except for the fact that they play for the Royals. Uh, Maybe not a lot of wins, but he'll have help with the ERA and ratios. A top hitter here, Luis Arias for $3 from me. And the only contesting bids were zero. So am I dumb, I guess, is the question here. No, you see, I'm a what have you done for me lately or what are you going to do for me soon type of player. And middle infielders, if you have a hole, you fill it with the best available player. And if that player doesn't play in a week or two, you find another player. You don't try to figure out who's going to be the best for the rest of the season. You want who's going to help you immediately and deal with it. You said the $0 bids. So – Uri's playing a lot now. Okay, if it turns out that he doesn't, then you find another guy. So yeah, get the guy that's that helping now, and worry about it later. Yeah, my hole in this case, Luis Garcia was sent ah. down. I don't think don't think he's worth waiting around. He had actually been outperforming ah. his value. His fantasy he, he return was. was completely fine, uh, even if he wasn't an amazing player just by getting his you know, plate appearances, but he's not getting any now. So I like Luis Arias. Yeah. That move in Boston, I think as a guy who hits it high, just over the outfield wall, he's in a perfect park for getting most of his average power. Uh, A couple more names here. Uh, Lawrence Butler, recent call up by Oakland. He went for $2. Uh, Let's compare him to Mark Vientos, who has been up for a bit, also went for $2. So two young players, Butler, the outfielder, we haven't seen at all. Doesn't necessarily come with a ton of pedigree. Vientos, we have seen a decent amount this year. Comes with more pedigree for the Mets, but also quite a lot of struggles. Although I will note, it's James Anderson who picked him up. So if he is interested, I am somewhat interested as well. No, yeah, for sure. We don't know the context. You know, maybe James needs in a, a corner. He's got some playing time. But you see, there is something to it. Yeah, Butler is, it, it may have been that, you know, the bidding was so close to his call up. Not everybody may have been aware, had read the blurb. Maybe, you know, maybe he goes for more if he plays a couple games, steals a base, whatever. But love, you know, like that as far as a, I'm not going to win, but man, I don't want to pay to the stake either. So I, 
I need to get into the top half, so I'm going to go with the upside guy. Like the Butler move there. All right. Any other of our ones that are interesting here? Everybody else is just a $1 player. So I'll read off a few names and you can stop me if you're interested. And then we'll move on. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez has picked up some saves. So I got him for a buck. Uh, Tanner Houck picked up for a buck. Andrew Monasterio. Jake Bowers also for a buck. Uh, And then a whole bunch of $0 players. Uh, Any of those $1 players interest you? Um, the Red Sox are supposed to stretch Hauk out. I, I I guess maybe a little bit interested. I'm not counting on it, but I suppose if I'm looking for help, Dominguez. Oh wow, both he and Kimbrel have had a couple saves within the past. I don't know at this point ten days. I think it's still Kimbrel's job, but Dominguez is going to contribute. So it's a matter of if you're using a middle reliever anyway as your third closer, why not? Right? He's gotten a couple saves in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I guess to, to generalize on that real quick, we talk down the stretch pretty often about, hey, it's time to pick up some middle relievers and use them over the really bad starters. Uh, is is now the time for that? Or is that maybe a tactic for September in your eyes? <laughs> this year, it's always, this season, it's been a tactic since day one. True. Um, so, which makes it even rarer that you're able to pick up someone that can maybe get you some saves. Right. So, uh, you know, now the thing with Dominguez, you may... Clay may be talking about the guy you replace him with next week because he got hurt. We just right. don't know. Yeah. You know? yep. um, Very true. Yeah. You know, so just don't pick up Dinelson Lamette instead. Because to right. me, I, I haven't seen the two of them in the same room, but neither here nor there. Uh, quick, quick. Any of the $0 players? Uh, Emerson Hancock, surprised that he went for only $0. I think he's probably worth a buck or two just by virtue of the fact that he's pitching in Seattle. If you're in a deeper league, he only has yep, to be yep. okay. And I think yep. he's got a shot at being okay. Uh, Logan O'Hoppy was stashed here for $0. That's another interesting one. But I'm not seeing a lot that gets you excited unless you really want to go into Elvis Andrews, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, or Ryan Jeffers. So maybe we can uh, move back on to the next segment. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you sent me the list. So I'm yeah, giving a quick look. And I think you're right. Some fill-ins, some uh, Hancock is interesting. Um, I have a feeling we're going to talk about him tomorrow on MLB Network Radio. And as you'll find out, I am Eric. Eric, talk me into following Hancock a little closer than I might have otherwise. Some, that's some prospect pedigree, and it's a great place to pitch. You can't just look at the numbers and end of story with uh, with Emerson Hancock. As you alluded to, going to move on to the next segment. Which is when we, Clay and I, we often talk, well, not often, we talk about rival rival fantasy. I want to tell you a little bit about rival fantasy, but first, we're going to start with talking a little bit about another one of our sponsors, the Home Run Index Live. And we know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all the heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for the flight of the ball. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight, and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index of the runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10, for the whole game, average over 10 runs 
and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can access the HRF premium site, home run, home run uh, index, the, the, the premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com to sign up now. Uh, as Luke mentioned, that we Rival Fantasy is another one of our sponsors, and we're going to talk about our rival picks for this evening. Uh, rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and the Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. This is what what, uh, Eric and I are going to be talking about in a moment. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. Right now, Rotowire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Roto Rival Fitness refund you up to $50. Go to your play. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use the code Rotowire MLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on every rival protected up to $50. That's play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. All right, Eric. Uh, Good reading. Thank you. You know, when you're in school, why do I have to know how to do this? Why do I know how to read? Well, now you know why you have to learn how to read. Uh, one of the things we'll talk, we'll mention about Rival, I've learned over the, the past several weeks, is um, the slate changes. The the odds on the on a player change. So we may be, we, we're going to talk about our picks as the slate stands right now. Things change. It's it's this is the way things you know in in, in betting or betting arenas. This is what happens. Weather changes, the odds change. It's not like DFS where the prices come out and that's it. So it behooves you to go and, and check to see if you know what maybe the odds are better for your the same pick and you want to cancel that that try and put in a new one. So just keeping in mind that we're going to be talking about what's on the board for us right now. And um, I've locked mine in. I, I may go back and look later. Um, when I first did it today, Eric, I'll be honest, I didn't like the pitching. Um, mm. I, I, from a game theory point of view, I choose I, I, I choose my pitches scientifically, and I choose my batters for fun. And when pitch as far as pitching goes, the it's so much more of a chance of the under occurring than the over. It's no fun to root for unless you're. Unless you're, unless that's your, unless you're, uh, what you're, what you're clicking on, but you know, it's always more fun to root for the over. But it's it's often a, a better, a better opportunity to to hit if you choose the under. Having said that, I'm going with a couple of pitchers on my over uh, today, and I'm going to go with the top pitcher on the board, Corbin Burns. Going to take him as an over. And going to go Jesus Lizardo. 
uh, as as over. I think it was somewhere on the in the twenties for Corbin Burns, and Lazardo was in the high teens. These are akin to DraftKings scoring for those that might be familiar uh, with that. So first, do you have any? Anything to add as far as strategically choosing a pitcher? Because I know you play DFS, and I've seen you play it pretty well. So some of the thoughts transfer, not all. So what would your general approach for pitching be in a, right, in a, a contest lot, like this? A lot of the thoughts in a DFS would be, who's the pitcher that I think I like more than a lot of other people? But in right. this arena, I, I can put those aside. And I think Corbin Burns makes sense there. I think he's a fairly priced I, I think in dfs you might go well that guy's fairly priced i don't want him i want to find the the bargain i think corbin burns is fairly priced as the top pitcher here although i think he's in a very interesting uh dilemma with, with blake snell who projects for about one point fewer here uh, blake snell going up against an arizona team that we know has had some struggles against lefties this season uh whereas burns going up against a chicago white Sox team that has had struggles as an organization for several years, I guess we could say. <laughs> um, so it's, is it is it an obvious Burns number one of these two to you, or would you go with Snell as a similarly compelling uh, frontline no. starter choice? I'll be honest. Um, even though I just, this whole spiel about scientifically pitching pitcher, picking pitchers, uh, these are just a couple of guys that I like to root for. And I didn't find, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't that, I, I project the numbers. How accurate they are, I don't know. But I do daily projections for my site. And I usually look for ones that have a pretty big delta. There weren't any big deltas this week. So I said, you know what? The heck with it. Um, and this is more applicable to hitters, but it's applicable to pitchers as well. Um, it's much, there's more variance with hitters. When you see a, a, an average points per game, it, it, it's rare that the pitcher hits that. It's just you have a, a seven inning, eight strikeout game, and you're way over. You get knocked out early, you're way under. And over the course of the season, it averages out to that middle point. Someone like Burns, I think, against the White Sox has a better chance to get that seven-inning, ten-strikeout game where he blows away his his projected points than Snell, who has been pitching lights out, but there is still some downside risk of the control or of Arizona snapping out. Um, I believe it's on the road, which I don't like as much. So to me, there's more downside risk with a Blake Snell than there is with a Corbin Burns. Yeah, I could buy that. Uh, Blake Snell's last, what is this, his last eight starts, if I'm pulling this up correctly. He has not walked fewer than three batters in any of them, yet he has a 122 ERA. But, man, that that is a a tightrope act that it it does feel like there's some risk that, well, this is the time that he walks six batters in in two innings. Right, right, right. All right, so – I usually the hitters like I, I just kind of alluded to. They're, 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 to me, they're so hard to pick, and and you know this is even more so in DFS. You know, twelve point projection means a couple of games with a home run, a double, and five RBI, and a whole lot of zero for fours or one for fours that averages right. out to twelve. So if I'm picking a hitter, it's like I have a pretty good. I think this guy's going to go deep tonight. Is what I kind of say to myself. It's not so much the average, and I'll take. Uh, We've talked about Trey Turner a little bit. He's got the platoon bump tonight. I know he's hitting a little lower in the order, but I think it was seven or eight points he's projected for. I kind of like that. Steals a base, gets on. He doesn't take much to get that. I'm taking Trey Turner for the over. And then I think Mookie's got the, the – is it Austin Gomber? He's got the yes. 
the player, uh, the, 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 the uh, platoon bump as well. So um, hitters, I usually go on the over for something to root for because when I notice they're up, I like to flip it. And it's always much more fun to root for a home run than it is for the guy to strike out. Um, yeah, although when, going... when there's money on the line, I will root for the strikeout. Yeah. You know? yeah. If we're going over on some hitters, I like the Trey Turner. I like any of the Phillies tonight uh, against Dallas Keuchel, who I think many will be enjoying learning is back in the league. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, who <laughs> last we saw had a 920 ERA last year. And the year before that, he was at 528. Uh, he had a good enough start in his first time back with the Twins, but I'm you're going to have to give me a lot more than one when those are your most recent extended big league numbers. So I like the Phillies. Uh, I don't like Bryce Harper because he's dealing with some back stiffness. I think he's right. one of the choices there. I would not pick his over despite that matchup. I also like any Atlanta hitters that are available. I'm seeing Ronald Acuna on here. Uh, there's probably at least one or two more. Ozzie Albies, Matt Olson uh, against Tyler McGill today. Who yep. I really liked heading into the year. I thought Tyler McGill, that sixth starter on a team with so many old starters, and it's a really good park, and McGill has shown things before. I thought he was the best-positioned sixth starter in the league. Well, he has to you know, continue pitching like he did in the past for that to be true. Uh, he had a very deserved 545 ERA this season. They sent him yeah. down to the minor for six starts, uh, and his minor league ERA was 867. Uh, so I like all of the Atlanta hitters for any sort of daily purposes today. No, it makes sense. Um, I went back and checked, and there was some new pitches added. I Just real quickly, I am taking Kyle Gibson for the over and Johan, Od Johan Adon. I am taking the under. So those are my more scientific pitching. I, uh, again, the, the, the slate the slate does change. Um, Rival Fantasy, I'm having some fun. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good time. Adds a little bit of uh, juice to the late night watching or even early night watching. But I, I like to pick a light one, so there's something – my DFS team's out of it. Uh, it's something I can root for late. All right, so now it's for the meat of the uh, the meat of the podcast. What you've all been waiting for is our two star pitchers. We're gonna go through them a little quicker, maybe than normal. We've uh, we um, we like talking to each other, so we we talk a little more than Clay and I do leading up to it. So we'll go through the two starters a little bit quicker than we might. We'll still rank them, but we will we'll, you know we'll we'll stick to the highlights in our analysis so we can get it through and give you guys time to go on and enjoy your Friday's um, zero to five scale. Zero means I want nothing to do with him. Five means I think he's going to have two excellent ball games. Uh, and then in between, you can think of it however you want. As far as, you know, to me, it's more about, I'm going to start my three everywhere. I just not expecting him to form as much as well as my five. That's all. Um, and we'll review the numbers at the end. And, uh, well, we'll just get going right away with Arizona. We got Merrill Kelly at Colorado at San Diego. And we got Slade Ciccone for the San Diego. I think we save a little time. You're not starting Ciccone anywhere, are you? I am just looking to make sure I haven't missed anything with Slade <laughs> That would make me put his answer any higher. But, yeah, no. Okay. But, Kelly, no. what are you? What do you do with my with a, you know a what? 638 it's... ERA and 20 starts in the minors? Okay, so I missed something and it was in the wrong direction. Yeah. So I didn't know it was quite that bad. You know, I mean, Colorado's still scoring some runs, but they're not as potent. You can get away with streaming your guy at, at, at Cleveland at, at Colorado this year. Kelly is just so solid at San Diego. I don't love either one. I'm giving him a three. Where where are you with Kelly? 
it's hard to go higher than a two if it includes at Colorado, I right. think. Uh, but I can understand your three. I think it's a two that I'm okay. You'd be stuck using in a in a, in an only league. You're using him, but I don't think you want to use anybody at Colorado in a 15 teamer. Okay, I, I, I can see that. We'll uh, see if my scale ends up on the same as yours, but yeah, we shall see. Um, Max Fried is back, and he's got a double dinger. Um, home against the Yankees, and then home against the Giants. Have we seen enough to bring him up to the five, or does, is it not quite there yet? Yeah, let's see. His first two starts back, he had that six-inning gem, eight strikeouts, no walks, three hits, no runs allowed. Then he gave up four runs in four innings at Pittsburgh. I think, though, it's Max Freed, and neither of those were too scary. I don't think there's any situation in which you're not starting Max Freed with those two starts. So I think that has to be a five, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the five as well. Um, he may he not be may not be in the top ten overall, but I think he's I think he needs a five. If the uh, Yankees were the Yankees, maybe not. But maybe not. No, exactly. This Yankees lineup. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Judge is back, but is he? <laughs> sort of. Right. Thing. The uh, the Orioles have got six games, but they're going with a six man rotation at least for now. No two start pitchers. The Red Sox are off Monday, but unless they do go to a six-man with sail back, uh, Nick Pavetta's lined up. Whether or not – now, the thing with Pavetta is he could be an opener, he could start – I'm sorry, he could be a primary pitcher, he could start, or he could be re- used in relief previous and be bounced. So uh, let's say he either is an o- either a primary pitcher or a starter for the game at Washington – and then another road game in Yankee Stadium. Where are you on Nick Pavetta? Um, well, his recent numbers, 25 strikeouts against five walks in his last four outings, uh, which are either two starts, two primary pitcher. Uh, I guess if you extend that even further back since the start of the second half, he's got a 254 ERA with 39 strikeouts and 28 in the third innings, uh, pretty much only working as a starter or bulk guy. I think that's enough in that recent run, given that the matchups aren't hard. If we're really, it doesn't get much easier than Washington these days. Sometimes they don't even get a hit. Is this like a four for Nick Pavetta? That's where that I am. Feels weird, but all right, good then. That's where I am. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the Cubbies, uh, their two start pitcher is off day. Um, Zero. Two, yeah, they have two. Uh, they, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I'd rather start off day than some people. Yeah, they've That's got five five one. games next week, so the Cubs don't have it to start. Curious about this one. Uh, Graham Ashcraft for the Reds. Pitching pretty well lately. Uh, home against Cleveland and home against Toronto. Home being, of course, the Great American Small Park. Yeah, pitching well. It's been, let's see, eight starts in which he hasn't given up more than three runs. Yeah. Uh, 194 ERA over that stretch, but yeah. a 450 XFIP at just 36 strikeouts in 51 innings. So it's just this same ground ball and only ground ball guy. I mean, it's an 18% strikeout rate. It's tough. How, how many of these starts were at home, though? That's the question against Both. the guy who... Both, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh how many of his other starts? Yeah, I see. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, in this week... Uh, specifically, a guy like him, I guess he keeps it on the ground, so that does help him 
keep the ball in the park. But if you allow that much contact, you know, your ground ball rate only starts applying to the batted balls that they're, that are already there. If there's extra batted balls, you're still giving up plenty of fly balls. Uh, even if you have a high ground ball rate, neither of these lineups scare me. Well, the blue Jays do, uh, the Cleveland doesn't scare me too much, but the park does. I would say that given that his strikeout rate, it hasn't really ticked up meaningfully as part of this recent run. I'm not confident in him and would probably have this as more of a two, especially since it's both at home. I'm going to, um, I'm going to slightly disagree with the strikeouts last two games um, fan 12 and 15, which isn't great. Uh, two against the Dodgers and six, not so great. Eight against Miami, uh, eight against Milwaukee. So you take away that middle game against the Dodgers, it's 20 and 20 innings. Uh, you know, that's on the high side. Uh, there's, there's potential there. Um, I'm going to yeah. go three. A long-winded uh, argument to say I'm going to go three. India, I, I the Guardians think... don't strike out, which is yeah, an issue. You know, the Guardians just don't strike out. Um, they don't. They don't lay a lot of runs on you either. Okay. Speaking of the Guardians and uh, pitcher who'll be facing Ashcraft, Logan Allen at Cincinnati, then home versus Detroit. Um, Logan Allen. I'm going to go uh, that Detroit one I like. I'm just, I'm going to go three. What say you? Yeah, that Detroit definitely helps. Uh, and at Cincinnati's not great. His last couple starts, it's only eight strikeouts against seven walks. Yeah, uh, I guess if you yeah. go back to his last three, it, don't, it doesn't get much better. 12 and 10. Uh, so those worry me enough, even though I liked Logan Allen early, right when he came up. Right. You gave a three. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe a little that, high, Detroit but... one might save it, but I think I'll just go two, and it's because okay, the yep. performances have not yep, no, makes sense. All right, Colorado. Um, wow, this won't take yep. long. Chris Flexen at home versus Arizona and home versus the White Sox. Zero is the lowest number. Okay, well, I'll mention one other number, which is 792. That's his ERA, <laughs> so we'll give him a zero. Okay, so the White Sox are also starting off day twice. Um, let's see. One of their better options, maybe. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, mention the White Sox. They have that two-game home-and-home series, so that's one of the reasons why they've got two off days this week is they're playing each other on, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So the Tigers, Alex Fajardo at Minnesota, at Cleveland. You don't hate the matchups. Um, I don't know. Is it? Is it a token one? Yeah, is there m- anything to like about Alex Fido? Uh, his five year, 580 ERA is a lot worse than the ERA estimators say he deserves, but a 435 Sierra is nothing special. I, I think, though, the matchups aren't horrible and the underlying numbers aren't horrible. That definitely, I think there are leagues where you would use him just to get his two starts. So I guess token one. Yeah, we'll give him the one. A token. Yeah, well, yeah, we're getting the one. As of now, the Astros are going with a six-man. Um, so they have six games. So back of the envelope math means no two-start pitchers. In Kansas City, oh, boy. I'm recusing myself from, from grading Brady Singer. So we're going to count your grade twice. Yeah. And then Jordan Lyles, uh, home against Seattle at the Cubs. Now, I, as everybody knows, I was way into Singer. Then, you know, he was terrible. But he has been unterrible for the past couple of starts. So, you know, am I jumping back on? 
I I will grade him. I will give him a two. Yeah, I like Brady Singer too. Maybe not quite as vocally, but I was drafting him, I think, pretty similarly. So I am happy to not associate myself with this poor <laughs> season, but it, it has happened. But, so, but that's enough for me to look at his last four starts, see a 27% strikeout rate against a yep. 5% walk rate, yep. and start thinking, all right, maybe this is the Brady Singer we drafted. If he has a good final two months, maybe I'll be drafting him down the stretch. And so if we've got Seattle... And at the Cubs, I mean, it's, it's the Seattle ones at home. I guess there's two good pitchers parks, so that one hardly matters. You give him a two there? Or you yeah. give him no grade? I think I might go a three. I think this yeah. is just like an okay pitcher with okay yep. matchups. Yep, I think that's a, as three as it gets. But Lyles, do we need to go above a one there? Um, I, might, I might not even go that high. Um, I, I'm going to I'm, – I'm, all right, I'm going to go one. I'm going to go one. Yeah, I mean, I can envision a scenario in which you really, really, really need innings. Yeah. The yeah. matchups yeah. aren't horrible enough that you yeah. turn him down. I think there's yeah. some guys, the, the Chris Flexen, you turn down even there, and right. that's a zero in my Okay, eye. so Angels, another six in rotation with six games. So they don't have any two start pitchers. The Dodgers, Bobby Miller, looked like he was hitting that rookie wall, but it kind of looks like he's climbing over it a bit maybe uh home against the brewers and then home against the marlins uh you love the home aspect of it marlins are pesky the brewers you expect a little more from am i gonna go three i think i'm gonna go three yeah i think i pretty comfortably go three i think an up and down season for miller still leaves him as someone who is at least pretty interesting and pitching for a team that can help him get wins, which is one of your considerations for two-start pitchers. Pitching at home, neither matchup is scary. Uh, the recent starts, he didn't give up any runs in his last one, but just four strikeouts against four walks in six innings isn't too convincing, and he didn't complete four innings the start before. So if he, there's a chance that this is one of the threes with more downside because we're talking about a young pitcher who's maybe fading near the end of the year. So maybe this is a three that I'd consider as a two- if I was say comfortably in the lead or something like yeah, that, yeah, but I yeah. think overall, I think it's a three. Okay. All right. Um, question a 3.36 ERA with a 1.09 whip. I know we like percentages, but for ease of this 9.7 K per nine, 1.4 walk per nine and 0.9 home run per nine. Do you like that? I think those Sounded mostly pretty good. What what was the? That is Braxton Garrett taking yeah. out the eleven run game against Atlanta. All right, it happened. I know, I know, I know. You back out that game, and wow, I mean that's that's insane. You back out the. He also gave up three run six innings. Let's start again. He also gave up six runs in three innings against the the Rockies. You take that one out, it's down at 2.95. Although you weren't taking that one out because he that one came at home. So yeah, I think well, I didn't know I one. didn't take it out because I mean I'm just the point I'm just the point I'm making yeah. is he's pitched quite what? well for he's a lot pretty good. of the season. This this is going to test this week's gonna test that 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 metal. He's got a couple of you know non-easy starts home against the Astros and on the road against the Dodgers. 
in a vacuum, he's pitched like a five. These matchups are so tough. Oh, wow. I mean, Clay usually goes first. So, oh, man. Um, I'm... I'm going to I'm going to go four. I'm going to I'm going to go four even with these Matt. He's pitched that well. It's it's a really tough one. I'm a big Braxton Garrett fan. I liked him heading into the year and I actually I had benched like pretty much all of my Braxton Garrett shares for that blow up against Atlanta. I, I have had the dream Braxton <laughs> Garrett season and I have nice. really enjoyed it. I liked coming into the year he was a slightly above average strikeout guy who didn't walk batters and had an above average ground ball rate. He's been that guy again with that uh walk rate getting even smaller this year it's under four percent i think though this is at best it's a four with a lot of downside because yeah not someone who blows hitters away and these are two good lineups so i think this would be another one of those where your league position is going to matter a bit if you are in need of guys to perform better than expected down the stretch for you to catch up i think you got to throw them in there treat him like a four and say "I, i need him to have two good starts because if he doesn't have two good starts my season's not going the way I want to anyway. Whereas if you're sitting on a comfortable lead, I would not put yourself in position to get 12 earned runs in four total innings between those two. Uh, so I think it's a, a four if you're behind and maybe even a two if you're in a comfortable okay. position. Okay. Well, Miami is, is, is halfway through the 15th of 30 teams. So that's a good place to take a bit of a beat and shift it to our Blue Wire sponsors for a, uh, a word or two on their end. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. 
That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, welcome back, folks. Eric and I are going to power through the, the remaining 15 teams. We're running up against the hour. We try to like to keep it somewhere about an hour. Uh, our, our, our studies show you fall asleep after an hour. No, they don't. But uh, we, we'll, we'll, we'll power through the, the remaining teams, beginning with the Milwaukee Brewers and Wade Miley. Tough, tough. At the Dodgers and at Texas. Veteran Southpaw. Wow. Um, I'm... I'm going to go zero. Those matchups scare the heck out of me. Yeah, zero is hard for a guy whose ERA is under three. Oh, it is, isn't it? But man, I did not realize his ERA would be under three. I knew he was pitching fairly well. But last three starts, just two earned runs in 16 innings. But huh. it's not more than a one, and you're not going to find me starting him anywhere unless I absolutely had to. I think maybe if you had him in a deep NL only, I guess. But it's a... Not a pitcher I trust to maintain that ERA and about as hard as it gets in terms of the opposing matchups. So yeah, sometimes you have to be willing to be wrong. It's yeah, it's, it's a one painful. at most and probably it's a zero. Painful. Yeah, it's yeah, sometimes you have to be willing to be wrong and go with the process. And um, I'm going zero. All right, Minnesota's easy. Uh five games, no two star pitchers. David Peterson for the Mets is home against Pittsburgh and at the, the suddenly we don't stink anymore Cardinals um, left-hander home against Pittsburgh at St. Louis. Where are you? Well, how many innings are they going to let him throw in the first one? Four and a third. I don't know. It probably is four and a third because he threw uh, in his last two starts, three and then three and two thirds. So if we follow that pattern, he's throwing four and a third in the first one and five in the next one. And that puts a damper on him. I think he is still sort of interesting. Um, his underlying numbers are pretty good despite a 561 ERA. You're talking about a Sierra that's under four. Yeah. About a, you know, a little bit above average strikeout, a little bit too many walks and keeps the ball on the ground very well. I mean, that should work as a decent pitcher and it's worked at times uh, with these two matchups. One of them's good against the Pirates. The other, I would not consider at Cardinals a very good matchup. That Cardinals lineup, even though the Cardinals have had a bad season, the Cardinals can still hit. Yep. Uh, their lineup has still been one of the better ones in baseball. It's just the pitching staff or perhaps entirely Wilson Contreras' fault somehow. Talking about flipping the script. The way that it has. Yeah. yeah. So I think if 
Peterson had thrown five innings in his previous start, I might be looking at this as even like a four because I think there's something interesting and it's one good start. But given that I don't think he's lasting long enough to get a win in the easier of those two matchups, I don't know if this is more than like a two. I am as at one, so I can understand right. you. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to go two? I'll go two, and maybe that's maybe I'm overly okay. optimistic. And if, again, if this is only a one and a half starter, and the only yeah. real start is the second one, maybe I am too high as a two. Maybe, maybe. Um, interesting to start here. Clark Schmidt at Atlanta, home versus Boston, and Schmidt has quietly pitched well. Yeah, but I try to avoid one starts against Atlanta pretty much all season, <laughs> and I don't know if Schmidt has crossed the bar where even getting another start this week, I think I would rather miss most guys' other start than start them against Cleveland. Uh, start them against Atlanta, uh, and I don't think there's enough in Clark's season that tells me that he's one of the few guys that I'm comfortable starting against Atlanta. So we're gonna go. I'm gonna go one because he has yeah, shown signs at most a one, one and zero. Yeah. So we'll go one and zero. Uh, J.P. Sears, home for Oakland. Home against St. Louis. Home against Baltimore. So the the former Yankee left-hander, now now A's. Home against St. Louis. Home against Baltimore. I will give him a, a two. I should quickly mention, I often will run my numbers for the rankings and just use what my numbers will say. I'm off the cuff today. So if mm-hmm. there's something different, Come the rankings um, tonight and Sunday. Happy to address it in the in the comments for those that subscribe to the site. Uh, www.rotowire.com slash slash free gets you there. Slash try gets you there. Um, I don't know if slash Eric does. No, slash pod does. I think slash pod is right on the screen right now. Yeah, that's the one that we are encouraged to tell people. Yeah, so they know where so they can track where it came from. So let's go with that. www.rotowire slash pod gets you a free trial. Um, no credit card. You can check out our baseball stuff. Eric has a weekly column. Uh, I write a few things a week. You can even check out the football, but check out Eric's piece first. Um, all right, JP Sears, I'm going to where you're going. Where are you going? Yeah. Football season starts today. If you mean the uh, other version, um, <laughs> JP Sears, I think is a three for me. I think he okay. is. Okay. I think we talked about it. I think he's, like whoever I mentioned earlier is just he's okay. Yeah, four twenty three ERA. That's an okay pitcher. He's yeah. got the park. I think offsets the fact that he's facing some good but not yeah I, lineups. Probably low. I think this I'm, is what a three looks like. I think if you want innings, I think this is what you're doing. That's a good way to put it. What a three looks like. I'm going to stick with the two because I said it, but I wouldn't be surprised if my if my um, number comes out to be yeah, not an exciting 50. three. But no, the 50, I bet he's ranked in the fifty or sixties, which is a three. Um, Speaking of not exciting, Quinn Priester uh, at New York Mets and at the Twins. I haven't seen anything from Priester to to, to start him. The eight seventy five ERA doesn't do it for you. No, the no. one one ninety WHIP. No, no the fifteen no. walks in twenty three no, and two thirds no. innings. No. I, you know, Quinn's a cool name, but no. True, true. Give him a one for that, but I think probably no. a zero. Even if the matchups aren't horrible, I think the yeah, pitcher yeah. is. Yeah, I don't think I want a one-star Quinn Priester either. You uh, Darvish and Michael Walker have the same pair of matchups. Walker, I, are we I, I should, are we projecting his return, or is it pretty much in in stone? Well, you never know. I mean, until he starts, you just know don't know with Michael Walker. 
So let's let's tentatively say he's got a two start next week. Home again, home with Baltimore and home with Arizona. Like the home aspect of both of them, um, you know, the offense is Baltimore a little scarier than Arizona, but there's something Arizona can wake up at any time. All right, Darvish, is he is he still just a an automatic auto five? I think so. Yeah. Last yeah. three starts, he's given up a total of two earned runs. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, only 17 strikeouts in 19 innings, just four strikeouts in each of his last two starts. But yeah, I mean, he, he's quite a good pitcher when he starts twice. I think there's almost no chance you're taking him out of your lineup. I think that's a five. Walk, I'm giving a one because he's pitched well when healthy, but I don't, I, I don't know what to expect in terms of innings. Yeah, and it seems like he may be less certain of a two-start pitcher. Yeah. He's only threw yeah. two frames in his last rehab start. So yeah. I would be calling this a one if that. I think he may turn yeah. out. I, I would not plan on him being a two-start pitcher. You know what? Making two normal starts. If if he's a if he if he turns out to be a bulk pitcher, I kind of like it a little bit. True. And it may. San Diego's one. done it a couple times. Yeah. All right, guy that we've talked a little bit about today and and tomorrow, uh, Emerson Hancock, Seattle home against Kansas City, and at Houston, and Logan Gilbert. The same pairings. Um, Gilbert's are four or five. Are you going all the way to five with Gilbert, or are you? Or I think I... he has to be a five, especially yeah. since that one start is so good against Kansas City. Yeah, I was going to say no. I think he's a three. Um, Hancock, though, you like the Kansas City start? We used to we used to be saying Houston offenses is is underperforming. Not anymore. You know they're they're in a roll now. Yeah, uh, and then they are healthy again, so it's the normal. Houston offense. A lot of time we talk about that, and it's really just, oh, well, their best hitters aren't no. there, so no yeah, wonder they're not is. hitting as well. Yeah. It's not the same team, and hey, now they're back. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes, sometimes it's straightforward. And I think with Houston, it is. This is the good Houston hitter, so it's a good lineup again. Uh, that Houston start probably makes me too scared to use Hancock in most places, uh, even if I like the park and you know the past pedigree. I think it's probably just a one. Or a two, uh, and it's it's all because of that Houston start. I think. Well, make you up your risk- mind. What is it? One or two? One. We'll go I'm one going, because okay, you're I'm you're really one. risking a, a six earned runs in you yeah, know two you innings are. with it. You are you are offsetting the two earned runs in seven innings against the Royals. But in, in daily leagues, though, if you can get him for just that anywhere, we can get him for just that Royal start. I mean, yeah, in him for that one no, for, for sure. sure. Okay, Alex Wood, who has been been used in the bulk pitching capacity a bit this season. And San Francisco has been doing that successfully. I won't, I, you know, really quickly will mention in my latest Todd's takes, uh, talk a little bit about that. Tampa and San Francisco use the opener strategically and to good success. All right. You know, even aside, so Wood is at being at Tampa, home with the home with the Rays, and then at Atlanta, Alex Wood is not pitched as well as normal in between injuries. Like you mentioned, at Atlanta has become like at cores. Ah, uh, do I even do a one? Um, I'm not even sure I go with a one. I think I'm going yeah, zero. I, I'm going zero as well. Here's, here's a quick pop quiz for you. Alex Wood has oh, thrown boy. 17 and one third innings since the break. How many strikeouts does he have in 17 and one third innings? I'm going to, I'm going to get, I don't know. I'm going to, you know, whatever. You wouldn't be asking the question. It was something like five or six. It's six. 
Okay, well, that's it. I mean, so I, I would yeah, be asking yeah. the question if it was like I think six <laughs> is sufficiently low for me to have asked the question. Yeah, yeah no, that's eight, good. yeah, eight point one percent strikeout rate since the break. Yeah, not good. Okay, here's an interesting: Do you trust the pitcher or do you trust the matchup? Question, because the Cardinals are home all week long, and they open against Oakland, and then they welcome in the Mets. Neither lineup scares you. Miles Michaelis and Dakota Hudson. Similar pitchers. I think Michaelis is clearly more established and is better of the pitch-to-contact types. So where are we going to rank Michaelis with good good home matchups, but neither guy is particularly dominant? I think Michaelis, it has to be between a four or a five given the matchups. And I think his... Yeah, I think I'd be just comfortable using him as a five. I don't think there's anywhere where if I have Michaelis on my team, I'm not using him. Uh, he's not like some high strikeout guy, so maybe he's not a super high priority streamer in shallower leagues where you want big impact. But, I mean, he's reliable and, well, reliable enough. 420 ERA with slightly higher peripherals. I, I'm not as if I'm a big Miles Michaelis guy. I don't tend to like guys who are pitched to contact like this. But if you like him enough that it makes sense in your format to have him on your roster, you're 100% starting him in these matchups. So that's a five. Right. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna use what we often say in that, yeah, I'm starting him everywhere. But yeah. without the strikeouts, he's not going to perform to me as a top 20 pitcher, which is where, I, to me, that's overall, including two star, including one-star guys, to get a number, to get a five ranking. Uh, so I'm going to give him a four, but I, I'll, I'll do that starting. too. Under, okay, understanding yeah. your scale, I think. Oh, we can do whatever the heck you want. Way. I mean, you know, we, we make this up as we go. Um, to, I'll to give suit him our a we make, we, Yeah, we make this up to suit our narrative. Um, Dakota Hudson, though, I'm the matchups. I'm giving him a one, but it's kind of like my if I start him, it's like my, my signal that I've been kidnapped. You know? Yeah, I I can't comfortably ever <laughs> recommend starting to go to Hudson, but the matchups are very interesting. Uh, so it ha- I can't be lower than a one. There are definitely spots where somebody sh- should be having him. You right don't now. somebody you who don't, needs a lot of innings. You don't like to 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 stream for wins, but here's an instance I think it's justified. Yeah, the Cardinals playing the A the A's and the Mets. I think it's justified that if you if you need wins, you can go for it. All right, well, we'll go through the next uh, – where are we? Uh, we'll try to get through them quick. We're a little over an hour. Uh, Zach Littell, who we talked about, um, home uh, – sorry, on the road against the Giants and on the road against the Angels, good parks. <sighs> Dangerous but not daunting offenses, I suppose. Navigate Otani and you have a chance. I'm going to give Littell a two. Yeah, I was torn between one or a two. I'll go to – uh, but I don't know if the gap between Hudson and him is that big. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Max Scherzer, uh, home against the Angels, home against Milwaukee. The, uh, yeah, 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 we can go five. Obvious five uh, territory. Yeah, and that's going to – does that wrap it up? Yeah, that, that wraps it up for two start pitchers. Uh, Toronto has a pair of off days in Washington – at least we're currently going with a six-man. Consigne Yohanadan will stay in the rotation, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with a six-man for them. So that wraps it up for the the two-star pitchers. So 
what Clay does at this time, I will I will do the same, and that is review our grades. Uh, Merrill Kelly, I say three. Eric says two. Uh, Chris, uh, no, Chris Flexen is who he's, a fa- who he's facing. We'll get to him in a minute. Max Freed, five and a five. Uh, all the way down to Nick Pavetta, where we each say four. Then we're going to Graham Ashcraft. I say three. Eric says two. Uh, Cleveland with Logan Allen. I say three. I'd say two if I had a chance to. I do have a chance to do it again. I'm going to say three, sticking with it. And Eric says two. Um, now we are at Chris Flexen, double zero. And uh, not not to be cool in your uniform, uh, that means he's not very good. Let's see. Next would be Alex Faito, that we each give a one. We don't love it, but there are scenarios where we need innings. We need a starter. We're going to go Alex Faito. We're giving him a one. Emerson Hancock. I say two. Eric says three, relying on the pedigree uh, a little more than I am at this point, which could be a mistake. Uh, let's see. Logan, mistake for me, I should say. Logan Gilbert, um, five and a five. Okay. Man, if Seattle could just hit, they've got a staff built for the playoffs. Uh, Bobby Miller, we're talking the Dodgers, three and a three. Braxton Garrett. Pitching like a five, but a couple of bear matchups with Houston and Dodgers. So we each say four. Wade Miley, I'm saying zero. Eric says, you know what? I can see where I may need to use him, so I'm going to give him a one. And then he's probably right. He's he's pitched well or the good outcomes, but a couple of tough matchups. Uh, David Peterson, I say one. Eric says two. Clark Schmidt, I say one. Eric says zero. J.P. Sears, I say two. Eric says three. Uh, Quinn Preister, uh, we both agree zero. You Darvish, we agree on five, and we agree on ones for the potentially returning Michael Waka. Uh, Emerson, wait, did I, I? I said Hancock before. I think because he was in a. You've gone with picture. a creative order for this one. So well, what I, I think what I've done is I've I've jumped in. And uh, the opposing pitcher, I've said. So Brady Singer was the one that was two and three. I don't know. I apologize if I've done this for anybody else. Um, I, I, I miss miss seeing, you know, I, I printed out the opposing pitcher as well. Uh, so I, I hope that was the only one that I made the mistake on because with Hancock, we're saying one. So that whole thing about relying on pedigree with Eric, um, neither of us are. We're going one apiece. Uh, Alex Wood, zero. Um, Miles Michaelis, reach saying fours. We're using them, but we're saying fours. And Dakota Hudson, we're giving him a one each of us because there's a chance he can uh, muster up a win, maybe even two this week. Scherzer, that guy's a five, and that wraps it up for the two start pitchers. So, this is where Clay asks me if there's anything on my mind. So, I will ask Eric if there's anything on him, but try to keep it to baseball. Anything on your mind? You want to pimp a, uh, a story you got coming out? What's going on? Now I have my weekly MLB barometer back from a one-week vacation. Uh, so that's on there this week. Always uh, an active comment section. Always happy to answer questions in there. Uh, you and I will be able to be heard on MLB Network Radio Saturday evening on Sirius XM. I think that's the main two things I got going on right now. You checked, and that's a, a 7 p.m. broadcast tomorrow? 
It's been that I way lately. Yeah. Check right now if you like. All right. Um, well, we, we will post we will post a link to it uh, or post to remind you to listen. So thanks, folks, for uh, spending an extra few minutes of your Friday with us. Um, have a great weekend. Clay and I will be back next week with the Friday Rotowire, which we'll probably talk about to start pitching podcast. Thanks, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.